Hey, this is Pastor Jeremy from Awakened Church. I hope you enjoy this week's message. This week, what I want to talk to you about is prayer, and we're going to hit it from a little bit different of an angle, so I just want to, um, want to encourage you to tune in. Uh, don't, don't go to sleep on me. We are not a sleeping church. We are Awakened Church, right? By the way, I have instructed the guys in the back, if there's anyone sleeping, they have Nerf guns. Back of your head. Just kidding. Maybe, but you're not going to ever know. You won't know. It's just the fear of the Lord is in this place. <laughs> um, so, so the word for 2024 is stay and wait. Everybody say that with me. Stay and wait. Stay and wait. And we're in good company in staying and waiting um, because in Acts chapter 1, that's what we see God's people doing as they wait for the promise of the Father. They're staying in Jerusalem. They're waiting for the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. They stayed there. And so I just want to encourage you uh, to stay in your prayer and fasting. Uh, if, you are, if you are praying, if you're fasting, even if you haven't started yet, you can still start. Um, we're, we're, in a, we're, a, we're a week in, but come on and join us. Um, last week I said that um, everybody can do something. Everybody can do something. There's a food that you can fast from. Everybody can do something because we've called a corporate fast, a collective fast. And we're going to talk, be talking today about its, um, its benefits personally today, prayer especially. But this is a corporate fast, so everybody can do something. Jump in today. Jump in today, and you will not regret it. It's going to be hard. But if you're wanting God to pour out what he's promised, he will. If you're wanting God to pour out what he's promised, he will, but you have to be willing to stay and wait. He's, he's going to pour out what he's promised, but you have to be willing to stay and wait like the early apostles did in Acts chapter 1. And you can read in your Bible later about that, but they were filled in Acts 2 with Holy Spirit. But there had to, be, it had to be a chapter one before there was a chapter two, right? Amen. So oftentimes we want to skip the chapter two without the chapter one because there they were 10 days, just them in a room praying, waiting for Holy Spirit. So oftentimes we want the provision of God, but we don't want to push in or press in or even pray into that promise. We want chapter two without chapter one, but you don't get chapter two without chapter one. They couldn't skip the staying in the wait, and they couldn't skip the praying, devoting themselves to prayer especially. Does that make sense? Right? I want to skip most of the time to chapter 2. So like I said, I almost fell off the wagon yesterday. Because we want comfort food, don't we? It's during a fast that you realize how much food comforts you. It's not bad. I mean, God has provided things that you like, obviously, but what if during the fast, instead of being like, hey, I'm reaching for this comfort food, you're like, hey, man, I've realized that I'm wanting comfort food, but I realize that I really only get comfort from one source, and that's the comforter, the presence of God and the Holy Spirit, Amen. right? So there's a principle in uh, Hebrews 11.6. This, this verse will not be on your screen, but if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. You can look it up on your phone. That is perfectly legal here. Hebrews eleven six. 
I said legal, not illegal. Okay. That is not illegal. We have not outlawed devices. <laughs> Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6 says this. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. All right? So those of us who draw near to God, these are things we must believe. We must believe that he exists and that he rewards as we seek him, those who seek him, right? So we're seeking, and this is a personal type of seeking. So, so we're bringing it now from, we've talked about the collective fast, collective prayer. Now we're bringing it to personal prayer, and that we can trust God. This word, the reward there, actually means to pay back. So God's going to pay you back or reward you for diligently, personally seeking him. Now, a false humility would say, well, I don't really want any reward. <laughs> it's a false humility. Because the Bible says that we can expect a reward for praying, seeking him diligently, personally. You get that? He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so here's, here's, our, here's our principle today is that God rewards those who pray. Amen. God rewards those who pray. God rewards those who pray. And we're going to break it down even more than this. We're going to build on this, but this is a foundational principle, is that God rewards those who pray. Um, over and over again, uh, I got my buddy Charlie back here, and we'll send each other texts, and we're like, man, I'm praying for you. Yesterday was a meaningful exchange, and praying, he's praying for us, and I was praying for him, and many of us in the room, I saw Nina today, and she's like, I've been praying for Melvina, and you know, so, so we're, we're accustomed to praying, or even sometimes we say we're praying, Right? Or maybe we'll pray like a prayer under our breath. All those things count. Right? All those prayers, just short prayers, long prayers, all these prayers count. God's not looking for professional prayers, but he does give us some instructions into prayer. But the foundational principle is that God rewards those who pray. God rewards those who pray. So remember last week, uh, we went to Ecclesiastes. There is a book in the Bible called Ecclesiastes. And we went to chapter 4, verse 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. If you want to go there with me, let's go there real quick. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. And Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12 says, And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Let me read that again. Ecclesiastes 4.12. And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. And the verses, a few verses before that, if you read those, you would see that this is, this is entirely um, relational. Speaking of this, like, um, all right, so um, let's see here. Jimmy and Toby, come up here real quick, if you would, please. I'm going to interrupt your study. Just hurry, hurry up. 
don't trip on the way, but, but, but hurry up here. Um, and let's see here. Um, and uh, Jasmine, come over here. All right. So, all right. So, so Jasmine is the attacker. <laughs> I'm telling you, just ask her brothers. They are scared to death of her. All right. All right. <laughs> so, so here's Jasmine. So if she's just going out, we're going to take Jimmy and me out of the picture for a minute. If there's, just, if there's just one, if Toby's all alone, and, he, and it's Jasmine with her fierce claws, right? Toby's not going to stand the chance, right? If Jimmy comes up alongside, hey, Toby, I got your back, all right? It's a little more support, yeah? And so Jasmine still has her claws, which she readily takes out both of her brothers, so just to let you know, all right? Right, so, but if, but if there's three of us, it's going to be an all-day job. You better pack your lunch, all right? A three-fold cord is not quickly broken, right? A three-fold cord is not easily torn apart. That's the message of Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12, is that three against one is not going to easily happen, Right? Thank you, my lovely assistants. Three versus one is not going to easily happen, right? Here's the thing. I introduced this last week as well, is that Jesus introduces at least three disciplines in Matthew chapter six that makes up a threefold cord for every believer. The threefold cord would be giving, praying, and fasting. Giving, praying, and fasting, Whenever we are lacking one of these, we are easily taken down by the enemy. When we're lacking one of these, we don't withstand the attacks of the enemy, the pressures of life, the trouble that comes our way very well. Why? Because our foundation isn't, grit, isn't good, right? We're not as strong as we could be because in Matthew 6, three disciplines at least, giving, praying, and fasting that makes up a threefold cord, if you look in your Bible in Matthew 6, you don't have to turn there right now, but, but later you would see that Jesus says, when you pray, when you, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. It's not if you do these things, but it's when you do these things. So these things are normative in a Christian life, right? And so I had to do some repenting up here as we were praying this week. I had to repent before the Lord because sometimes I'm just, I'm just happy to get people in the door on a Sunday morning. But Jesus was never happy to get a crowd. What made Jesus, what, what, what makes heaven rejoice is that sinners come to repentance, right? In fact, Jesus ran from the crowds. But sometimes we like, we think like we've done really something by coming to a, to a collective gathering. And, and really the point is, is that he wants us to have these disciplines in our life because this is discipleship, Right? Because he's never called us to just be attenders. He's called us to be disciples, right? And he never called me to make attenders. He's called me to make disciples. And so I can't force you in, but all I can, what I can do is encourage you and present the word to you and hold some people accountable this week in a, in a, in a, in a Bible reading plan or however we got to do it. But these three things have to be in your life. This is, these three things were in every disciple's life. And if you wonder why you're not winning, it's because you're not winning. W-H-E-N-W-I-N. You have to, when you pray, when you fast, 
when you give. These are how you win, W-I-N, in life. And in your relationship with God. Is that clear? These are how, this is how you win. A threefold cord is not easily broken. I think it's very, very, very interesting that a threefold cord was actually a measurement in, uh, in uh, ancient times, in Bible, ancient Near Eastern times. It was a measurement. They didn't have measuring tapes like you and I would have um, if you're a builder, if you're a construction worker. They had a threefold cord that was literally one cubit long. A cubit would be six handbreadths or six palms long, and this is how they would measure things. Like when they were building the temple, they would use a threefold cord as your measurement, one one uh, cubit. They would measure by cubits. A threefold cord is a measuring device. But it was personal because it involved like your own palms. This is how you would measure out a cubit by your palms. So it's personal, right? So threefold cord, this is a bit of a measurement for us. When we talk about these, this is the way you win in life. It's a bit of a measurement. Are you giving? Are you praying? Are you fasting? Not to see how spiritual you are, but to see how personally hungry you are for God. To see how personally hungry you are for the rewards or the blessings that God can give you. How personally hungry you are for his very presence to be active and operating in your life. This has been my discovery throughout the years is that this, this threefold cord is a great measurement. And it's not measuring you against anyone else. It's simply a measurement. I'm hungry for God to move in my life, so I am giving, praying, fasting. And it's not a quantity, it's a quality. You understand that? I'm not measuring how much I give against Nikki and Bill and saying, oh, I'm more spiritual or they're more spiritual because we give out of our increase. I'm not, I'm not measuring my prayer life or against, against anybody else's or it's not that. It's a measurement of am I hungry for the rewards that God could give me? Because check it out, Matthew 6, the same, the same chapter that says when you pray, when you fast, says you don't do these things to be seen by others, but it is in fact your father who sees in secret. He is the one who will reward you. This is... This is scripture. He's the one who rewards you or pays you back. Literally restores or pays you back for the time you spend in prayer. For the words that you utter in prayer. Like this is, this is what, it's kind of like the release in, in the kingdom of God. When you pray, if we don't believe God will answer, if, if we don't believe God will reward, why do we even do it, right? Or if, when we fast, if we don't believe there's any reward, why do we even do it? If, when we give, if we don't believe there's any reward, why do we even do it? But we do, so we do it. Yeah? He, he literally pays us back because he sees in secret. He sees in Secret. I want to illustrate just, just this very point. Um, uh, let's see here. Go, go re- really quickly with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. I want to read this, and then we're going to, then we're going to read somewhere, somewhere else. But Matthew chapter 6. Everybody say amen. 
All right, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. And I want to start with verse uh, 5. I'm going to have some verses on the screen, but these are, all, these are all kind of some preliminary verses here, okay? Matthew chapter 6, verse number 5. It says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Your father who sees in secret will reward you reward you. Now, it's very interesting that Jesus, for the first time, and he would have blown Hebrew minds when he did this, but he taught his disciples to pray this way, our Father, right? And most of us in the room would probably be familiar with the Lord's, what we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father. Because he's, he's wanting to teach the disciples, your Father sees in secret. You're praying to our Father, our Father, and when Jesus says our Father, we're included in that family with Jesus. We're grafted into to the family of God, so our Father, and it's actually a very like intimate word with the Father. It's not just like a, like a thrown around word, but it's an Abba Daddy. It's like, you, he's your daddy. <laughs> he's your daddy. So it's an intimate word. So your daddy sees in secret what you're doing with your praying and your fasting, and he rewards you. The same daddy that we pray to, our father. He didn't say to pray, oh God. He said to pray, our father. Our father. So if you've had a great example of a dad, this applies. If you've had a terrible example of a dad, this still applies because you have a heavenly father who's faithful and true and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, he says, go, um, he says, go into your room, shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret. Now, most of us in this room would fought, probably find this, this is the hardest thing to do, to go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father. This is a, probably the hardest, the hardest thing for most in the room to do is to actually put away some time, set aside some time somehow to shut out the world and pray to the father. But it's not as hard as you think. All you need is the heart to engage. You have to be willing to go, first of all, he says, go into that room, go into that secret chamber, go into the inner room, go to that private place. So first of all, you have to be willing to go. But you're not going to go if you're not aware that God rewards those who pray. And by the way, I just wanted, we built on that just a little bit a minute ago. God, the father rewards those who pray, right? So we we as sons and, and daughters, we find a time to go away to be with him. And what does he do? He rewards us. He rewards us. Sometimes, sometimes in my life, it's been when every, when every other room in the house is filled with someone, I go outside. 
When every other room in the house is busy, I'll go to the garage. When every other house in the room is busy and it's dark outside or raining or whatever, I'll, I'll put on my AirPods and I'll lay on the floor in my room. Tell Melvina, I'm gonna pray for a while here. But it's your heart that's willing to go. That's, that's the thing. Because we have a heart to go so many other places and to do so many other things. And I'm just, and so my mind says, well, we must not really be aware that the God the Father rewards those who pray because oftentimes we're just not willing to go. Right? Or if we really knew all the rewards that were waiting for us in prayer, man, we would go, we would be so disciplined to go. Hey, I'm gonna shut everything else off. I'm gonna shut off the TV. I'm gonna shut off my phone. I, am, I just gotta get to the place of prayer because as my buddy Charlie says, I gotta get my head right. There's a reward when you go into prayer. You can get clarity. <laughs> You get fresh revelation from his word. He's gonna, he's gonna reward you and your request days from then, months from now, then, years from then. I don't care, but you just gotta go. This, is, this has always been the mark of people who love God. The mark of people who love God hasn't been casually coming to church. It's been people who will pray. People who will fast and people who will give. This is, this is the marks of disciples. You understand the threefold cord? You're preaching pretty good today, Jeremy. I know. It's pretty good stuff. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good. All right. I, want you, I want to walk through a quick story here as I close. Um, and this is going to come from Joshua chapter 2 and Joshua chapter 6. This one's going to be on the screen. We're going to read a rather large portion of scripture up, up here. You might need a little meal. So the word actually is our food. When I smile, I just want you to smile back at me. Thank you. Yeah. Just act like you know what I'm talking about at least. But the word is our food because man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Jesus said that. By the way, Jesus prayed and fasted. So he's our role model in doing these spiritual disciplines, right? Yeah, okay. So, um, by the way, there's never a convenient time either to pray or fast or give. <laughs> never a convenient time. Well, man, you know what? So this, this year, I actually, like, I had always said, man, I hope I don't get sick on a fast. And I hope our family doesn't get sick on a fast, <laughs> And so then this year, like a whole month prior to the fast, like I was just, I was sick and the family was sick and all this stuff. And so we've been battling with this stuff. There's never a convenient, because I'd always heard that, that uh, excuse from people. Like, well, if I'm sick, I don't want to fast. I can't fast. I don't want to do that, Lord. <laughs> there's always a battle. I will tell you this, there's always a battle. When you set out to do these things, these spiritual disciplines, there's a battle from, from, from the enemy. He hates it because Why? There's a reward waiting, and he knows if you get the reward, <laughs> ah, oh man, if you could, uh, he, he doesn't want you to see that. He doesn't want to see, want you to see those rewards. So of course he's going to try everything to keep you from it. All right, let's go, because I have a really interesting illustration of this principle of prayer that God the Father, let's say this together. 
God the Father rewards those who pray. All right, let's go. And Joshua, the son of Nun, we're not reading this out loud, don't worry. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two spies, spy, uh, okay, let's rewind there. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shatim as spies, saying, go, view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. It was told to the king of Jericho, behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying, bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. What has she done? She hid them and she said, true, the men came to me, but I don't know where they came from or where they were going. When the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I don't know where the men went. Pursue them quickly for you overtake them. She was pulling a little sneaky there on them, wasn't she? But she had brought them up to the roof and what'd she do? She hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof. And she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and the Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heavens above and on the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I've dealt kindly with you, you will also deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and my mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, go into the hills or the pursuers will encounter you and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward, you may go your way. The men said to her, we will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord. Tie what? In the window through which you let us down, and you shall gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers, and all your house, father's household. Then if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood will be on our head. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect to our oath that you have made us swear." And she said, according to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away and they departed and she tied the in her window. All right. So now let's fast forward to chapter six and see exactly what happened when the men actually went in to take Jericho. Everybody say amen. amen. All right. So the people shouted and the trump. All right. So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. 
Then they devoted all in the city to destruction. Why? Because Jericho was the first city on the conquest. So they devoted the first fruits to God, both men, women, young and old, oxen, sheep, donkeys with the edge of the sword. But to the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, go into the prostitute's house, go figure, and bring out from there the woman and all who belonged to her as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. And they brought all her relatives and put them outside the camp of Israel. And they burned the city with fire and everything in it, only the silver and gold and the vessel of bronze and of iron they put in the treasury of the house of the Lord. But Rahab, good, the prostitute and all her father's household and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. What did he do? He saved alive. And she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. All right. So what we see in this story is just a very simple, simple illustration. Uh, Jeff, maybe you could hit the worship path for me. Thank you. Um, We see a simple illustration of how God rewards what we do in secret. What, is, what did Rahab do with the spies? She hid them. And then what did she have as, a, as her reward? God, God rewarded her openly, right? With, by saving her and who else? Her whole household, right? There was, hey, the whole town was, was destroyed. But she because she hid the spies, was rewarded openly. Now we're learning about the principle of prayer from a prostitute. All right? But, just so you think you may, just in case you think you may not relate to this lady Rahab, all of us, by the name Rahab's name means extension. All of us have extended ourselves in many different ways for many different things that we are not proud of, right? Amen, Amen, Jeremy. Amen. Amen. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But when she decided, she, she, listen, those spies came, the people came for them. She didn't make any uh, she'd not waste any time because she knew her, she was discouraged. The whole people's heart were melting. She went up to the spies and she said, look, you, you got to remember me. Let's, 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 let's make an exchange here, something. You got to remember me. I want you to know that, that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He rewards what you do in secret. Listen, that nobody else knew what she was doing in secret. Nobody else knew. But who saw? The father saw what she did in secret. And her prayer request, just like ours would be, would be not just for me, but for my household to be saved. Right, Keith, your, your, your family, that they would be saved. I think here's an implication for us really quickly is that what you do in secret, the Father will reward you and there is a reward then for your whole household. 
Amen, Jeremy. There's a reward for your whole household for what you do in secret. Toby, what you do in secret, Anthony benefits from, and the rest of your kids and your wife benefits from. What you do in secret, if you're willing to shut the door, she had to shut the door. He said, the spy said, you gotta go in and you gotta shut the door. Do not go out of here. Guys, do not leave these disciplines. Be willing to shut everything else out because most of the time, this is what we shut out. Church is what we shut out. Giving, prayer, fasting is what we shut out. We shut out these things and we let everything else in and we're wondering like, hey, God, why did this happen? Right? This has got to be the switch. This has got to be a shift in our life that we're willing to shut out everything else because we know this, that he is coming back. If you didn't know, we, he is coming back. <laughs> and at that moment, all of us will give account of our life to him. We'll all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. <laughs> and I'm not presenting it too high that you can't reach it. Because what Rahab shows us is that a prostitute can reach it. Most of us are like, yo, how can I learn from prayer from a prostitute? It's because we've prostituted ourselves or sold ourselves out for so much, guys. We sold ourselves out. So many pleasures, so many perversions uh, to so many other gods we have, we've sold ourselves to Paul would say greed is like the sin of adultery. We are, man, we are so greedy. But our Father rewards those who pray. What you do in secret, he will reward openly. But there's one catch. There was a scarlet thread that she had to fasten from her window. What's very interesting about the scarlet thread is it comes from a worm. And, it's, and, it, and it was located, of course, in that time, in, in, in the Middle East at that time period. It was, actually, it, was a, it was a worm, it was called the crimson worm. And it was the only worm, actually it looked more like a maggot, that had the scarlet dye in it. So when you read about the furnishings of the tabernacle, the red furnishings of the tabernacle all came from a maggot called the crimson worm. The scarlet thread that she had, obviously she had stalks of flax, the flax that she had hid the men under, These, the scarlet cord, the cords were probably made out of flax, were like, which is what they made linen from. And so, 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 but those cords had to be dyed with scarlet dye that came from a maggot or the crimson worm. And what's very interesting, very interesting, stick with me for just a moment, we're gonna land this thing is that the scarlet worm, whenever it was about to have babies, would attach itself to a tree and it couldn't get off. It would attach itself to the tree, have its babies, and once it had given birth, it would release this and then, and then it would die and it would release this red, die that would cover its babies and stain the tree to which it was attached to. It would later fall off and become white as snow on the ground. 
But I think you get the parallel. Jesus would say in Psalms 22, you can look it up later, I am a worm. And this is the worm, that's the word for the scarlet worm. He would say, they have pierced my hands and my feet. This is in your Bible in Psalms 22. They have pierced my hands and my feet. My bones are all out of joint. It's a messianic psalm. What am I trying to say? It's only through the blood of Christ that we come near to the Father. This is what sets Christian prayer up or or apart from all other prayer. This is not a wish list. (laughs) God is not gonna reward your, God the Father doesn't reward your wish list. But he makes a way through the blood of his son that a prostitute and all of us others can come near to him and exchange our wishes for his will. Because after all, in the Lord's prayer, he says, not my, or on on earth as it is in heaven, um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's an exchange, right? The most common word we have for prayer in the Bible has a prefix on it, is the word prose. Everybody say prose. The word without that prefix just means a wish. Like I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fill my, 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 my Walmart shopping cart online with these different, different things that I want. It's my wishes, my Amazon cart with my wish list. But with this prefix in front of the word for prayer, it's action, it's motion, it's presumed contact. presumed contact. And so when Jesus says, when you pray, this is presumed contact. Why? Because he was seeing ahead just a few years whenever he would lay down his life for everyone that we may come near to the Father only through the blood or only through the scarlet cord and have salvation that he offers us. This is He rewards those who seek him. Our Father rewards those who seek him. With salvation, he rewards those who seek him, who come to him based on the merits of his son's blood. I will give you salvation. What? This is a prostitute. She didn't deserve it. Just hang the scarlet cord there. Because the Father sees in secret the prayer you pray to him for salvation. Come on. The Father sees in secret the prayer you pray to him for salvation. The Father sees in secret the prayers you pray for your family. And he rewards you with eternal life. Come on now. This is the gospel. He rewards you with eternal life. You and your whole household will be saved. But it's only by the blood of Christ. Come on. Only through the blood. Only through the blood. Bow your heads with me today. Why don't you just begin to tell tell the Father, this is this is our moment. We're gonna spend just a few moments here. Why don't you just come to him with an exchange right now, right where you are. And the Father sees what you're doing in secret. He he hears your prayers that you are praying in secret. 
If you need salvation, forgiveness of your sins, he hears, he sees what you're doing in secret, and he rewards you with the salvation that you ask him for. But this is you. This is you and him. He's your father. Father, you know that you know me. Go ahead and just tell him maybe what you're struggling with. Exchange it. Exchange your sins for salvation right now. Exchange your struggles for peace. Exchange your tiredness, your weariness for rest. It's all possible through the blood of Christ, guys. He rewards you now, and it will be even more manifest later, but he rewards you. There's an exchange. There's an exchange. There's an exchange. (laughs) Father, I thank you for drawing near to us. And I thank you that because of that, we can draw near to you. I thank you for your promises. Lord, let us just be encouraged and just like, I don't know, just excited, crazy, expecting because of what you've promised in your word. Our Father who sees in secret will reward you. Even if we haven't seen it for years and we've been praying, our Father who sees you in secret will reward you. Let's have faith that the prayers that we're praying that God is answering, let's help us have faith blessing that rests on us today, Lord. Thank you for your blessing. Why don't you just do this real quick? Just put your hand on your own heart. Just put your hand on your heart. We're not saying the pledge. Just say, Lord, touch my heart with these promises. you thank the Lord for his word today? Anyone appreciate his word today? Anybody encouraged today? I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. You should be too. You have a lot to be encouraged about. You have a lot to be encouraged about. Because you have a father. season secret and he will reward you thanks for listening to this week's message make sure you like and share the podcast and if you're ever in the highlands county area uh, make sure you stop by and visit us Uh, we're located at 1121 uh, memorial drive in avon park florida Uh, we'd love to meet you here